Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the new Flea Flicker. I am your host, John O'Murray, and as I start with most of my uh, pod, my podcasts and my episodes, I want to say thank you for any new viewers that are joining the show this week. I'm glad you that you, that you could stop by and uh, listen in, and I uh, hope you enjoy your stay, and I hope you continue to come on back. And again, for those viewers that have been with me from day one, I want to thank you for continuing to stay with me. And again, same situation. I hope you uh, come on back. Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a man that doesn't like to beat around the bush, really. Let's uh, let's jump right into it. And the biggest news, I guess the biggest news the last couple of days has been there's been trouble in uh, Big D. Firm to the Dallas Cowboys, and now the word on the street is that now they're going to trade Amari Cooper or release him one of the two. Now, Amari Cooper counts about was it twenty million? I believe he counts for this year's cap on the on the Dallas Cowboys, and that's time to move him. Well, it becomes kind of it's it's an interesting story not only for the Dallas Cowboys for for any NFL team. The New Orleans Saints they've been going through a serious cap issue uh, here the last I think week or so. They have been um, doing their very best to get on the cap. The Green Bay Packers. They're in the same boat. They are doing the same thing, trying to move more money around, get people to the cut and pay. And there's other teams that are in that same boat as the Dallas Cowboys. But to lose Omar Cooper, it kind of hurts the Dallas Cowboys offense. Take a look at the offense right now, as of right now. Not saying things could change. But take a look at the offense as of right now. Sure, Dak is still around. And you still got Zeke Elliott. Zero Elliott is a big is a big reason why because of this cap because they have to get on the cap. Zach, is, I mean, excuse me, Zeke has got a big contract. Dallas cannot get out under that. They pay him a lot of money. But you look at Zeke's numbers. Zeke, Zeke's numbers have been down just about the last few years. They continue to drop, and Zeke is not the same running back that he once was. Yeah, I know you got Tony Pollard. Tony's done very well for the Cowboys, but he's not the type of guy that can, that can carry the ball 20, 25 times a game. He does not have that body to do that. Let's say for the sake of argument, let's say Cooper is going to be traded or cut. Now, you do have C.D. Lamb, who, in my opinion, was going to be featured in one receiver for the Cowboys anyway at some point in time. Michael Gallup is a uh, free agent. Now, there has been a buzz, a rumor going around that the Cowboys may be interested and re-signing Michael Gallup. And I can understand that rightfully so. Because if you're going to trade Cooper, you need you need something, right? And Gallup at times to me has been a very underrated player for the Dallas Cowboys. Now he's coming off an ACL injury. A lot of teams might not want to pay out the big the big bucks or pay out any bucks for Michael Gallup coming off an injury. Maybe the Cowboys can, you know, slide in the back door. Game, game, you know, game cheap, game for you know, less money. Then of course you have to look at the situation. There's no Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is a free agent. I'm sure he's going to get a few feelers here and there, but that can make the Dallas Cowboys change their mind. They might have said, well, maybe we. I believe they can franchise tag Dalton Schultz. Maybe they have to franchise tag the tight end. They need something. Blake Jarwin has already reported that Blake will not be ready to go even before beginning of the season. So as of right now, 
Cedric Wilson, who played very well last year when Michael Gallup went down. He stepped in. Did a very good job in number three receiver. So as of right now, let's just say for the sake of argument, all you got is C.D. Lamb. And that's it. That's pretty much it as you had a receiving core. From being a pretty solid receiving core to not looking too good at all. All because of it. All because we had to get stuff out of the cap. Now, there's a possibility they could lose Dexter Lawrence. That's a possibility too. There's a possibility he could be cut. Maybe he could be traded. Maybe. And I'm sure there's plenty of teams that would be jumping on Dexter Lawrence's bandwagon too. They would need to want him for services. But that's been the biggest thing with a lot of teams. Is you try to be your best way to the, the owner. And Jerry Jones, and give Jerry Jones the devil he's due in this one. Jerry in the past has had way, has always figured out a way to move money around. And a lot of teams are very, there are some teams that are very good at that. But sometimes moving money around here and there, in this situation, has come back to bite Jerry in the butt. Because now, Dallas, who was, who, who won the NFC East last year, I think fairly easily, then you've got, then, of course, they made the first round of the playoffs. But they got bounced out pretty quickly by the San Francisco 49ers, which didn't sit well with Dallas Brass. It didn't sell, sit well with Jerry Jones. And that put Mike McCartney's job to see in jeopardy. There are people that wanted Dan Quinn to take over. Yeah, once, once we learned that Sean Payton was leaving the Saints, oh my gosh, everybody was on the Sean Payton bandwagon. But you can sit around, and it's kind of a bad, it's a sad thing. Amari, now Amari is a talented receiver. Top 15 receiver in this league, certainly hands down. And certainly he was probably Dak's favorite target. And now you got, and now you got to go here, and you've got to trade Dak Prescott's favorite target. And you have to wonder, what is Dak Prescott? You're taking away his favorite weapon. You paid Dak all this money to keep him, and now you're taking away his number one weapon. Now, certainly, it cannot set well. It, it cannot set well with Dak, even though I get it because of the because of the money. And that's the nature of the beast. It's the business part. But it can't be setting well with Dak. You're taking his number one. Matter of fact, all Dak's going to throw to right now is what C.D. Lamb, maybe maybe Tony Pollard. That might be about what you got. I know they still got Zeke, but like I said before, Zeke's numbers has been dipping. So now what becomes a top-notch offense in the league last year, now you're missing, what, 85% of your offense, 85 90% of your offense is going out the door. I don't care who, what team you are. It hurts. I mean, you have to take a situation. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going through the same situation. Tom Brady's retired. The top three running backs, they're free agents. Chris Collins a free agent. Rob Gronkowski is gone. He's a free agent. I believe O.J. Howard. I believe O.J. Howard's a free agent, I believe. So basically all you got left is Mike Evans, maybe Cameron Bright. That's the best. Those are two, your two most reliable weapons. The two most, most known weapons on the team. And now, you, instead, and now you're going to a third-string quarterback because your second string quarterback, Blaine Gabbitt, is a free agent. And 
day wine on second year man, Cal Trask, from the University of Florida, KOBL team. Well, in this situation, Beer has he's got to throw the ball to. And that's going to be an issue. I mean, good luck on that. And you're going you're gonna to have to. You might have to go beg Michael Gallup to return if he can return from the ACL. You're going to have to maybe try your best. Maybe I mean, there's plentiful of receivers in the draft. But do you think you can get one of those guys? Because then again, you've got a hole, you've got other holes you've got to fill elsewhere. And again, you get, you have to get a tight end. You've got Charles Hole, Jarvis Landry. They're maybe a tight end here and there in the draft. You might be able to gamble on. But the problem is free agency. Again, you're going to pay all the money. You have to pay if Chris Godwin. Is it the same injury as Michael Gallup? Do you, do you think you can bring him in? You, you have, to pay, have to pay Godwin a lot of money. Then you start looking at a lot of guys. Maybe a guy like maybe an Allen Robinson had a bad year last year. But a guy who's established in this league, do you, do you try to bring him in, pair him with that, to put him with C.D. Lamb and go for maybe you can get Alan Robinson for lesser money than maybe you can for keeping Amari Cooper around. I don't know. That's the situation. That's something that's hard to figure out. And again, you got to remember, Dallas' offensive line is not what it once was. Tyrone Smith, he's not what he used to be. He can still get by, but he's not what he used to be. The most consistent guy on the line is Zach Martin. He's the most consistent guy you've got. That offensive line has not really paid up to the level that it can play up to. But there's a lot, there's a lot for the Dallas Cowboys to really take here. And defensively, they made some improvements. And defensively, they they could be they're still okay in that regard. But if you lose Dexter Lawrence, I think you can still get by. Now, I believe I don't know. I don't know the report. I believe that Randy Gregory is a possible free agent. Now that could hurt. If you lose Dexter, you lose Randy Gregory. You start losing depth. And that's going to be an issue. Unfortunately, Dallas is in the boat now where you're going to start losing players. Start losing a lot of key players, and Dallas goes from being a team that is at least in a lot of people's opinions probably favored to win the NFC East again this year. Now, who knows where they'll finish? I'm sure, you know, Cooper twenty million dollars. Somebody's got to take take something off of Dallas's the something off of Dallas's hands. There's, and there's not a team in the world that wouldn't want Amari Cooper for the right price. Now, I don't think I don't think uh, some teams will offer a first round pick for Cooper. I can see somebody offering a second round pick for Amari Cooper, who's about 20, 27 years old, and it's kind of hard to believe because you think Cooper's been in the league for like. 10 years or something like that, but he hasn't. He played well for the Raiders, but he had issues with John Gruden. And Dallas, pretty much off of Dallas stole him. He played well for Dallas. Now he's got to leave because of cap issues. And you start looking around the league. Who would take Cooper? There's a lot of teams that certainly could use Cooper. Now, to be honest with you, I'm going to erase all NFC East off that off that list. I'm sure Washington could use Cooper. Can you imagine Cooper and McLean as your one-two punch? 
I'm all, I'm sure Washington would love that. But they're not going to trade until Romney and their quarterback situation is in flux, which is something we will discuss here shortly. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles, when you talk about Cooper on one side, Devontae Smith on another side, the Alabama hookup, that would be great. Nice little one-two punch for Jalen Hurts to roll in with Dallas Goddard. But Dallas is not going to trade Cooper to Philadelphia. And I don't see him going to the Giants. There's just too much uncertainty with the Giants. The Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers are not going to sign. There's so much worry about trying to get Devontae Adams back in that in the Aaron Rodgers situation that Devont, that Cooper's not on their radar. Detroit would be interesting, but I don't see him going to Detroit. The Chicago Bears, now, the Bears are an interesting fit. You could have Cooper on one side, Mooney on the other side, to go with a young Justin Fields. Intriguing thought, but it's, I don't see that happening. He's not going to Minnesota. The Panthers do not need him. The Atlanta Falcons, they're pretty much rebuilding. Cooper's not going there. Certainly, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's not, I don't see him going to Tampa Bay. Because I think Tampa Bay would rather put all their eggs in Chris Godwin and try to bring him back and try to get Cooper. Now the New Orleans Saints would be a nice little fit for him, but then again, they're trying to shred. They're not. He's not going there. They're trying to shred cap space, and they've got one guy, Michael Thomas, who hasn't played hard in about two years. Now, boy, Michael Thomas was healthy at one point in time. He was the top three or four receiver in this league at one time. It'd be funny, it'd be, it'd be kind of funny if Michael Thomas could be that same guy again. You put him in a Cooper, wow, the Saints would have something, wouldn't they? But again, no quarterback to speak of. So I don't see him going there. Now, an interesting fit is, what about the Arizona Cardinals? Well, they got D-Hop. There could be question marks after D-Hop. But I don't see him, I really don't see him going there. He's not yet. He's not going to the Rams. That's not happen. That's not. That's not going to happen. I don't see him winding up in the San Francisco 49ers. And he's not going to wind up in Seattle. So you go to the AFC. You take a look at this. The New England Patriots. You know, Bill Bill Belichick always had, always had that frame of mind where he can bring anybody in and make them do just about anything. Cooper would be would be would be certainly a number one weapon for a young. Mac Jones. But now Bill's in, in a Bill's in a place right now where he spent a lot of money in last year's draft. But you gotta turn right around. And he's letting a, a twenty six year old top notch cornerback in JC Jackson test free agent walker because because of cap space, they don't keep him out. So I can't see Cooper going to Miami Dolphins. I don't see him going to Miami. It'd be an interesting fit. Fuller was hurt all pretty much all of last year. And Jalen Waddle was an awesome weapon. And now he should have there's rumors that he could have an even a better year, according to Coach Mike McDaniel, which that could be a scary thought. Devontae Parker has never lived up to the billing of the Miami Dolphins thought he could. But again, I don't see him going to Miami. The Jets, he's not going to the Jets. The Jets probably could use him, certainly, but I don't see him ending up with the Jets. And Buffalo Bills, well, can you imagine Cooper on one side and Stephon Diggs on the other side? Man, Josh Allen would be 
to be out of this world. But I don't see him going there. Buffalo, even though Buffalo could use him if it's as right now, but they do have to be what two receivers on their roster. The one part, the Baltimore Ravens. Well, there's an interesting fit. Marquise Brown had a pretty good year this past year. You put Cooper in there, you had something. But they've got a, a young adult kind of receiver in Bateman. So I don't, I don't really see the Ravens being involved. Now, the Cleveland Browns become a very interesting proposition. The Jarvis Landry, I think he'll count $16 million on the cap. I think he's he gets supposed to get $60 million this year. There's a Mr. Jarvis Landry to be on his way out. If he's on his way out, I don't know how much Omar Cooper would fit into that equation. Certainly not going to be a Cincinnati Bengal. I don't see him being a Patriot. Go to the AFC South. The Tennessee's not pay, it's not going to pay him. The Indianapolis Colts, they could certainly use him because Cooper would be the number one receiver of the Colts in the snap of a finger. But again, we go back to the quarterback situation. You bring like Eagle Ring Carlson's back, or is he, is he going to be out the door? No Texans, no Jacksonville Jaguars. So now we get to the nitty gritty. Denver does not need him. The Chargers, the Chargers have Keenan Allen, but I can't, you know, but then again, you got a lot of young receivers. Cooper would be a nice addition, could be an interesting addition to the team, but I don't think Cooper's going to the Chargers. It's not happening. The Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs, Chiefs would be an interesting fit for him. Tyreek Hill, Cooper, and Travis Kelsey. That'd be dominant. That'd be awesome. Not happening. Which brings me to one place that we could line that back. And that back would be the whole team. The Las Vegas Raiders. Now think about it for a second. Derek Carr knows Cooper. You can imagine Cooper the number one weapon, obviously. Hunter Renfro. Waller, well, hey, we can work. We can work with that a little bit. You go ahead, trade for Cooper. Maybe get another receiver. You know, maybe another receiver. Maybe I know they have a thing for drafting receivers. I don't know about trade draft a receiver. Maybe maybe you can draft a speed receiver later later on in the draft. There was like what about? It seemed like about a hundred billion uh, receivers there, um, running four point fours in the um. Yeah, in the 40 yard dash here a couple of days ago. But can you think about it? Cooper, back with the Raiders. Intriguing. Now, Cooper and uh, John Gruden doesn't see eye to eye. But I think Josh McDaniels and Omar Cooper could get along. And if I'm sure McDaniels would find ways to get Cooper the ball, that I can bank on. But again, this is where this hurts. This is where that's where moving that cap money around here, there, and everywhere comes back to bite the Dallas Cowboys and many other teams in the butt. Because now you gotta make a decision. Can I keep this guy? Is this can I keep this guy around? And if you can't keep if you can't keep a guy like Omar Cooper around or Dexter Lawrence or whomever else because of the cap, because of cap issues. It's a serious problem. But again, that's why the NFL, that's why NFL tried their best to have an even playing field, so to speak. Then again, you're not going to have many people that are going to pull a 20-year run like the New England Patriots are doing. It's not going to happen. 
I mean, it's not gonna happen. Just call back to where the New York Yankees for the Yankees. They seem like they're like the World Series every year or every other year. It seems to be winning for many, many years. Again, I know Jerry Jones wants wants to get that maybe a whole nother Barty Trooper or maybe he decides to step back and hand the team over to, to his son, Stephen Jones. And again, Jerry Jones kind of reminds me of somebody of, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, Vince McMahon. They'll probably, they'll probably be um, in a wheelchair on a respirator still calling the shots because it's in their blood. They can't, they can't let go of it. But again, I don't blame Jerry. He spent all that money to get the Dallas Cowboys and to give Jerry the devil his due. He brought the Cowboys back to life. He injected millions, billions of dollars into not only the Cowboys, but the NFL as well. For his business sense. But now, that business sense is now coming back to bite him in the butt. And he's going to lose a lot of his players, a lot of his quality players, good players. And for right now, I gotta say, I don't know if they're going to East. I don't think they make the playoffs next year. Unless, unless, unless they can find some way, shape, or form to replace Cooper, replace the Schultz. Maybe if you go trade Dexter Lawrence or Gregory, you gotta find a pass rusher somewhere. Then again, you gotta fix the secondary. Other than Diggs, I'm not the biggest fan of the secondary other than Trevon Diggs. But we'll see. I certainly wish Cooper the best of luck, and I'm sure there's plenty of teams out there that want want Amari Cooper on their ball on their ball club. Now let's stick with the recurring theme and let's go back. Let's talk about another receiver. Let's talk about a former Dallas Cowboys, Cole Beasley. Again, I'll use that catchphrase, the word on the street is, it has come out now that the that Cole Beasley and his agent have talked to Buffalo Bills, and the Buffalo Bills have agreed with him that he can seek any type of trade. Now, Beasley had a, a little bit of a down year for him this past year. The biggest reason is, you know, the biggest reason is Josh Allen did a very good job of spreading the ball around. And trust me, if you were a fantasy football player like I am, it was hard to figure out where the ball would go. You figured Stephon Diggs was, was going to get the majority of the catches. That was a, probably a foregone conclusion. But in some weeks, you had, you had a stretch of maybe a few weeks where Emmanuel Sanders, who seems to, seems to find the fountain of youth, he seems to always have these stretches of games where he can put up some solid numbers. And actually, Sanders sometimes serves as a number two as a number two receiver on that team. Isaiah McKenzie, towards the end of last year, started playing some solid ball. And Gabriel Davis played lights out towards the end of the season. And why don't you ask the Kansas City Chiefs, what was he like in the playoff game? Because I believe he, he caught what, like three touchdown passes, I believe. And Josh Allen had a lot of confidence in him. But then again, to go into next season, right now, Sanders and McKenzie are free agents. Beasley wants to be traded. Now, that leaves 
Davis, Manley Diggs is probably the top three receivers. Now Dawson Knox, the tight end, came into his own last year. And Dawson has always been a pretty decent player. The problem is when he was at that old miss, you had to realize you had AJ Brown on one side, and I believe they DK Metcalf's on the other side. So how much of a chance do you think of what Dawson Knox is gonna get? Not much. But he's his ass he's his ass out. Now, I know there's been a lot of rumor, a lot of buzz going around that the Buffalo Bills could be interested in one Christian Kirk, receiver from Arizona. Now I can see I can see Christian fitting in fitting in. I think Christian to me Christian would have to be I think Christian would have to be a number three receiver. Right now, I think number two name is going to have to be Gabriel Davis. And if Josh Allen's got that much confidence in Gabriel Davis, again, there's a guy that I'm sure fantasy football fans will be looking hard at this offseason. But back to it, that the rumor is Christian Kirk can wind up being, because he can be the type of guy that could probably stretch the field out a little bit. And then again, does Buffalo, you know, I'm, Matter of fact, I believe there are some mock drafts and some people do actually have them taking a receiver. And uh, yeah, I can see that. Again, Steve, I talked about Amari Cooper. It seemed like he had about a billion guys that were running four fours just the other day at the receiving spot. And certainly one of those guys could certainly fit in fit into that team, to that mold, and they could do a heck of a job and fit right in with Josh Allen. But the question around range to me is, where does Cole Beasley go? I mean, what spot will he fit into? I mean, does he go back? Does he go back to, to the NFC? I don't see him in Washington because to me, you got you got you got a number three guy, and Curtis Samuel. To me, he kind of fits that mode. But I don't see Beasley being a straight number two. I don't see him in Philadelphia. No Giants. I don't know about the return. The crazy sounds is what about the return trip to the Dallas Cowboys? Now you got to hear me out. Let's say you get Lamb in there. Let's of course Lamb's number one. Let's say you re-sign Michael Gallup for the fun of it. He's healthy. Let's say you can sign. Let's say you can make a trade, a late round. I, don't, I guess maybe it'll cost a late round traffic. I don't really know for Cole Beasley, and you take it. Now can you see Lamb? Gallup is number two if he's healthy. Beasley is number three. Now, that could be something of interest. That could be something interesting. But to me, you have to re-sign Michael Gallup. Then maybe you trade for Beasley for a late-round draft pick. And maybe you could have something there. I don't know about Green Bay. I mean, to be honest with you, I think he'd be, to me, It'd be interesting with him in Green Bay. Let's say, let's say for some, let's say for the sake of argument, Aaron Rodgers comes back. Let's say you can find somebody to be Devontae Adams. Well, the problem is, to me, Beasley, I think, would be an upgrade over Randall Cobb, which Randall Cobb, I know, is Aaron Rodgers' maybe best friend of the team. But to me, Beasley would be, can fit to that number three slot, would be a nice number three guy. Now, 
the number two spot on that team has just been up, up. They've been up in the air. They have not found a consistent number two guy. I don't see him in Detroit. I don't see where he really fits that too much in Chicago. Why? And Minnesota, not sure about that. Not sure about the Panthers. Orlando's in rebuilding mode. Tampa Bay. I don't see him in Tampa Bay. New Orleans. To be honest with you, New Orleans could use a receiver. But I'm trying to think, you know, they could use a receiver. I'm not saying Beasley couldn't fit with New Orleans. They could use all the receiving help there. But I don't know if Beasley fits with them. No 49ers. You know, the funny thing. Now, the Seattle. One thing. What about, you know, what about, you know, the Seattle Seahawks? There's a crazy fit. Yeah, sure, they got Lockett. Sure, they got Metcalf. But they have been looking for a long time for that number three receiver. Well, what if you put Beasley in the slot to go with Metcalf and Lockett? Now, there's something that Russell Wilson could get with the program on, on that one. So, Seattle, I can see it. Maybe in a late round pick. So, my top two contenders as far as NFC, I like Dallas. If it's done right, Seattle. Now, another fit, what about the Arizona Cardinals? Other than Hopkins, you think about it. But to me, you have to have a, 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 a you have to have a number two. So I don't know. Then there's a lot of what ifs in that team. Who could else step up? Do you go ahead and sign for agencies? Do the Cardinals draft a receiver? Other than Hopkins, there's uncertainty in that receiving core. Now, if he stays in it, I don't see him in New England. Don't see Miami. Don't see the Jets. The Ravens, I don't really see him in the Ravens. The Cleveland Browns. Now, Cleveland, they need a receiver. But I don't know if Cleveland, he fits that mold or not. No Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. The Titans. Now, the Titans would be an interesting fit. I know they've got A.J. Brown. You got Julio Jones, but you can't you can't count Julio to be healthy for you know for a full 17 games. Now can you imagine putting Beasley in a slot? You can imagine, let's say if Julio can stay healthy for half the season, AJ Brown, the return of Derrick Henry, Cole Beasley in the slot. Well now maybe you're on to something there. Because Tannehill will have a weapon. I don't see him in Jacksonville. I don't see him in the Texans. Now the Colts, again, the Colts need all the receiving help they can get, in my opinion. But again, no quarterback. I don't really see him with the Chiefs. The Chiefs, be the Chiefs, I don't see him with the Chiefs. The Raiders, I don't really see him with. I don't see him with Denver. And I don't really believe I see him with the Chargers. So as crazy as it sounds, my top three picks have got to be either maybe the return of Dallas. Cowboys, depending on maybe Michael Gallup. I would say the New Orleans Saints, as weird as that's going to sound, providing they get a quarterback and figure out maybe get another receiver in there. As crazy as I'm going to sound, I'm going to say the Kansas City Titans. And maybe the fourth spot, I'm going to take it back, I'm going to say the Seattle Seahawks. Four teams my prediction that Mike Beasley could wind up going to. 
but certainly, I don't know, a lot of people could make speculation that maybe, maybe Beasley fell out of, maybe not, I'm not going to say he fell out of, you know, maybe, I know his teammates, I'm sure, had a lot of respect for him. Maybe, maybe he fell out of um, a favor for the um, management. I know that he has been a strong advocate for the uh, COVID. He does not does not want to get vaccinated, and that's called, that's called personal business. I mean, I told my viewers I am not, but again, 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 with me, I don't have a problem with it. If this, if the right situation comes about for me, I would certainly do it. It depends on the job. If I had a job that was going to pay me a six figure salary. But they told me, hey, John, you got to take a shot. You got to take a shot to earn that six-figure salary. Fine, I'll do it. Because, A, the biggest thing to do is to support the family. That's the biggest factor of them all, right? That's my, that'd be my motivation right there. You don't know. I'm sure in the back of their mind, they played a management's mind that Cole didn't do that. And maybe it came back to bit Cole in the butt. I'm not saying that's the reason why I'm not saying the rest of the reason why that but the thing is with it's just last year Josh Allen passed the ball around a lot and Beasley had to be a lot of times the odd man out like I said you got Diggs there were times where Emmanuel Sanders hey there was times you gotta remember Dawson Knox came to his own last year and Dawson Knox, I think, took probably some of Beasley's grads. But like I said, like I said, the four teams I mentioned, don't be surprised in some way, shape, or form, Beasley ends up in one of those four teams. Now, have you heard the buzz? Washington tried their best to get Russell Wilson. They offered a lot. And Seattle turned him down. Now, you can make a lot of whatever you want with the situation with the Seattle with the Seattle Seahawks. Towards the end of last season, the buzz was that Russell wasn't happy. He wanted to get out, and you had a lot of teams interested in Russell Wilson's services, and rightfully so. There's always a point in every year where Russell Wilson seems to be up in MVP voting. And then all of a sudden, he kind of tails off a little bit. But now, Ron Rivera has come to the conclusion that Washington needs a quarter a quarterback to be competitive, not only in his division, but in the NFC. Now, it took Washington that long to figure, to figure that out. I don't know what Washington's, Washington was thinking the last few years anyway. Now, last year they thought Ryan Fitzpatrick was going was gonna to be stable enough, was going to maintain it. But what happened? He got hurt. He didn't survive what the first game. And Taylor Heineke pretty much carried the load the rest of the year. Now, there's nothing wrong with Taylor. He played as well as you expect him to play. But Taylor's not a guy that's not going to get you into the playoffs or deep into the playoffs or even get you a whiff of the Super Bowl. Now, I know you get, you get all the quarterbacks out there, Aaron Rodgers. I think Washington doesn't have to worry. Aaron's not going there. 
you know, he goes back to Green Bay, which I think, I, I really believe that's where Aaron's going to go back to Green Bay anyway. I know there's what Jameis Winston, but Jameis Winston got injured, and how and how healthy Jameis Winston is going to be once free agent rolls around, free agency rolls around. I don't know if I see Jameis Winston fitting the Washington mold, but you never know. I don't see Teddy Bridgewater doing it. Now, I know Jimmy Garoppolo's name has been floated around in Washington. Now Jimmy, of course, he had shoulder surgery. He's not going to be going for red sixteen weeks. And to me, I think that hurts his chances of getting traded. Well, maybe it won't hurt his, his chances really of getting traded. I think it's going to hurt San Francisco's bargaining, if you will, of what they could get for him. I mean, there's a few quarterbacks, I, and I know that I know the Deshaun Watson thing hangs over everybody's head. Where's Deshaun Watson going? I don't see him. He's not going to Washington. And again. With Washington, I guess they, they did their best. They tried to, they threw a fastball. Well, I should say that somebody threw them a fastball, a 100-mile-an-hour fastball at him, and they whiffed. Basically, in a nutshell, that's kind of what happened. They tried. They tried swinging the fences. They came up short. But the thing with Washington is this could have been, you know, averted. Now, I knew... I know they had Alex Smith at one time. He did play okay for them. But I got to be honest with you, and I know Washington fans are going are to laugh at me when I say this, but they really haven't had a consistent quarterback since Kirk Cousins. And I know, I know Washington fans are going to say that I've ever loved mine when I say that, but you think about it. You've had this quarterback and that quarterback. Now, Alex Smith, now don't get me wrong, Alex Smith did have some, did have some good plays. And, of course, he suffered a gruesome injury. And he came back from it. And that's that shows the, the type of man Alex Smith really is to come back from a gruesome injury. But to be honest with you, Kirk Cousins is the last guy that has got to have a little consistency for him. Now, I don't I don't I don't believe they're not they're not gonna go back and trade for Kirk Cousins. I don't I mean, that's not gonna happen. I know Baker Mayfield's been on the market, but I don't see Washington Baker Mayfield working out. I don't really see that happening. So the question is, where do they go? The only number one option I can think of would be would be Garoppolo if he's if depends on how healthy he is, if they want to gamble on him. The second option, draft a quarterback. Now I know last year they had opportunities they probably should have drafted one last year. There was a few quality ones that came out last year's draft. But they're kind of in a pickle. Do you, yeah, do you trade? They're going to have to trade for somebody. I mean, what do they do? Bring in Blaine Gabbitt, let him be the quarterback? The problem is, right now, it's either, it's right now, you say it could be called Jimmy Garoppolo, or the only possibility is you're going to have to draft a quarterback. Now, some, some, some mock drafts have Pickett going to Washington. Now, that might be a safe bet because they do need quarterback. Pickett is the best quarterback, at least in some experts' eyes, he is the best. I know I know Willis from Liberty, he has been gaining gaining some ground. But I don't think I think Pickett is still better than he is. And to me right now, I hate to say it, but it's either either Jimmy G 
or pigots really drastic. You know, some people had pigot could even go as high up as to the Panthers. I know the Panthers, they've done their due diligence. The word is they've done their due diligence. They think about it. They might go out and make a trade to get a Deshaun Watson. That possibility still hangs hangs over the, over the Panthers' head as well. And they've got Sam Donald still around. Uh, Cam Newton could be brought back. That's not a given. The management has been talking to Cam Bray, possibly bringing him back. But for right now, let's just say for the sake of argument, Sam Donald right now is about the only legitimate quarterback to go on that roster. And Sam has not proven, has not proven to the NFL that he's that guy. And I hate to say it, Sam's Sam's best Sam's best bet is he might end up being a backup quarterback at best in this league for many years, if that's possible. So right now, but you're going back to Washington, two things are going to happen. Garoppolo becomes a Washington, Washington player. Or Pickett, or somebody else, maybe a Willis. Willis could be an interesting thing in Washington. To me, Willis, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say Willis is Cam Newton. I'm not gonna go that big. I think Cam Newton's bigger than he is, but it, to me, Ron Rivera, Willis, can you see it? Maybe a slim, maybe not quite the old Carolina Panther hook up there. But in some ways, Willis does kind of may remind you of Cam. Maybe not size. Cam is bigger. But maybe that's a possibility. I don't know. I'll just put it out there. Garoppolo, Pickett, Willis. I hate to say it, but it's gonna it's it's gonna be one of those one of those one of those three variations. But what gets me is Washington's head, hey, we need a quarterback. Guys just shut up about that a few years ago. And like any NFL team will tell you, if you can't get a good quarterback, it's gonna push your franchise back many, many years. Why don't you ask the Miami Dolphins that question? Why don't you ask the Buffalo Bills from Jim from Jim Kelly and now they finally got a quarterback in Josh Allen many years later. Why don't you ask the Denver Broncos? They had John Elway a long stretch. The long they traded for Peyton Manning, and then once Peyton Manning finally retired, they still hadn't found a quarterback yet for that franchise. Think about it. You think about Pittsburgh Steelers. They had Terry Bradshaw, who won the poor Super Bowls. Then he went many, many, many years of stability. Then along came Big Ben. Everybody knows a quarterback is imperative. A good quarterback play is imperative to your team. It is hard to find that quarterback. Any NFL executive, owner, they will tell you it is hard to find that quarterback. And you might never, and sometimes it takes you many, many years to do that. Some teams, some teams might get lucky. When you think about it, you go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. That was just simply lucky. Then again, some teams get lucky. Chargers got lucky with Justin Herbert. The Bengals got lucky with Joe Burrow. 
Kansas City Chiefs, they got lucky with Patrick Mahomes. Sometimes, you know, sometimes that's the way it is. But for Washington, Washington had a rough year last year. The defense was even in the top five, six, or seven in the league. Played horrible. Didn't play up their capabilities. And the funny thing is, the front seven is very good. The back end is a Washington's question mark, and that secondary's got to be addressed. The offensive line, it's not that bad. They lose a pro bowler. They lose a pro bowler is going to free agency, and he's going to get a lot. He's going to be off a lot of dough for a lot of different teams. Then again, the quarterback situation was a mess. The run game, the run game wasn't that bad really. Antonio Gibson, he had some ups and downs. He had injuries, but he fought through the injuries to put up some pretty decent numbers. You got a you got a, a guy named Terry McLean, who has been awesome for him since they drafted him. But the problem is, it's bad quarterback play. But I give Terry McLean all the credit in the world. It doesn't matter what quarterback throws in the ball. He seems to be consistent every single time out. He gets my respect for that. I love a receiver that can do that. It doesn't matter if you pull a guy off the street and put him in the, and put him in the game. McLean will find a way to catch the ball for the man. But the number two spot's always been a problem. Logan Thomas, he did suffer an injury, but Logan Thomas has come leaps and bounds from his days as a, as a quarterback at Virginia Tech to being a tight end in the NFL. But the problem is, that's the way that's Washington's problem. They need a quarterback. Whether they get it, trade, free agency, or draft, you hear it first. But yeah, I got a feeling if you look at the Jimmy Garoppolo, depending on his arm situation, depending on his shoulder, pick the Willis. My two cents on that. As we talk about quarterbacks, let's um, let's talk about Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts. Now, reading an article that there's been a buzz that maybe Philadelphia's not sold on Jalen Hurts, not that much confident in Jalen Hurts. Now. Now, they had Carson, of course, they had Carson Wentz. They traded him this, this off that, that uh, offseason. Now, Carson, there was a point in time that people got to remember Carson Wentz was actually an MVP candidate at one point in time, a couple, a few years ago, and then all of a sudden, injured, you know, had hurt. And it was Nick Foles that stepped in and won the Super Bowl. So, to be honest with you, it was Carson Wentz that did help the Philadelphia Eagles get to a Super Bowl. Not long ago, and people seem to forget that, forget about that. He helped them that season long. Now, granted, Nick Foles might have took him over the top, but it was Carson Wentz and his MVP like year that kind of put him there. But now they didn't have any. They didn't think Carlson could do the job anymore. So along came Jalen Hurts. Now, to me, Jalen, you know. Jalen's had success in Alabama. He had success at the University of Oklahoma. And Philadelphia put the you know the keys, gave him the keys. Now, in Jalen's defense, the receiving core wasn't as that didn't live up to the billing. Uh, Devontae Smith did not have a bad rookie year. 
Now, obviously, his teammate from Alabama, Waddle, had a better year. Devontae didn't play that bad. Dallas Goddard, you don't hear much about. I mean, you do hear, but to me, a lot of people, Dallas Goddard is a pretty good tight end in this area. Other than Devontae Smith, and maybe Dallas Goddard, the rest of the receiving core is not exactly the greatest in the world. So I can't really blame Jalen Hurts for that. You can't. But the biggest thing ahead, the offensive line didn't play that bad last year. Now again, there's a retirement. There was one retirement. Brandon Brooks, I believe, retired this offseason. And Brandon has been a full guard for a few years now, and he has retired. So I can see maybe an offensive, you know, they're using an offensive line. But the receiving force has got to get better. They need Jalen Hurts to get better, give him better weapons. Now, get the running game. The running game was actually the number one running game they've got last year. Whether it's Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, Mark Scott, whoever's running the ball, whoever ran the ball, Philadelphia's seen do, do well with Philadelphia. And Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts made ran for what, 700 some yards last year? He, and he ran the ball well. He didn't pass the ball that badly, but again, his last impression, 2012 Kansas Hand Bay Buccaneers, he did not play well. Of course, there was a game, I believe, against the New York Giants before the season, and he did not play well either. And then people have people been speculating that maybe he is not the answer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, let's be honest with you for a minute. The Philadelphia Eagles wouldn't have gotten to the playoffs last year. Matter of fact, let's put it this way. Nobody expected Philadelphia to get to the, get to the playoffs last year. Not many experts at all. But that shows you, that shows you, that shows you the uh, great coaching job that was done. But Jalen Hurts was a big reason why they got there. Plain and simple. Now the run game, they played the run game number one. But you gotta remember, Miles Sanders was hurt off and on last year. Jordan Allen at stretches had a little bit of resurrection. Large side played well at some points during the year. The team, you know, it didn't matter who they plugged in at, the, at, at that running back spot. Somebody just seemed to do a fairly a fairly good job. But to be honest with you, Jalen Hurts was more valuable to them last year than that running game that people would like to believe. But again, there's nothing like I like Devontae Smith. God is good. But then again, people saying, well, does Philadelphia go get another receiver in the draft? The funny thing is, and people, and again, the funny thing about it is, can you imagine if, if they had Justin Jefferson because they had a chance to draft Justin Jefferson, but they passed him. Can you imagine Devontae Smith on one side, Justin Church on the other side? Man, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be a good thing for any quarterback to, to rely on. But the bottom line is, you can bash Jalen Hurts all you want to. But let's be honest with you, you wouldn't have got the playoffs without him last year. The defense, defense, the defense didn't play that bad last year. 
on offense for Jalen Hurts was reading that the playoffs. Don't fool yourselves. Like I said, the running game was number one ranked. I get it. But Jalen Hurts was a clog. Because to be honest with you, you could have put a, you could have put some other quarterbacks in there. And I don't think they would have done the job that Jalen Hurts did last year. Yes, I get it. Philadelphia fans, Jalen has to work on throwing the football. He's got to work on that. But then again, I know I'm gonna get, get ridiculed for the statement I'm about to make. But wasn't there some guy named uh, Lamar Jackson that was kind of sort of the same way? He got ridiculed because everybody didn't think, "Oh my gosh, Lamar can't throw the ball. All he can do is run." Last year, Lamar actually stepped up his game a little bit and was able to pass the ball a little bit better last year. And of course, Lamar did get injured, and he did have some bad games last year. But Lamar, there was an upgrade. Lamar is looking for that fat contract from the Ravens, and I'm sure he will get it at some point. But I know, let's be honest with you, I'm not compare Jalen Hurts to Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to do that. But to be honest with you, if you think about it, there's just similarities somewhere. Hurts can run the ball. He passed the ball. He has had some moments where he didn't have good games. But then again, there was times where Lamar Jackson had the greatest games in the world either. But I get it. But to be honest with you, the Philadelphia fans, and they can be the toughest in the world. Everybody knows that, right? But don't, but don't bash. Don't bash. Hurts. Philadelphia never got in the playoffs without Jalen Hurts. That's as simple as that. Now, I spent part of the episode joking about the combine and especially the wide receivers. I mean, it seemed like, gosh, it seemed like about every day going receivers seemed to run about 4.4 or, or less in the draft. And this year's, you know, this year's receiving class has been pretty, been pretty interesting. Should be a very good class. And there's a possibility that a lot, who, who knows, maybe five receivers or more can get drafted in the first round. There was one young man that actually broke John Moss, John Moss's record for the quickest. John, John uh, Thornton from Baylor broke the record. Now, like I said, this is a good receiving class for people this year. There's a lot of guys. You have a couple of guys, of course. You got um, a couple of receivers from Ohio State who did very, did very well. Then some are projected to even, even go. I think one of them is projected to go to the Saints. You've got one projected to go to Philadelphia. Receiver from Alabama, he's coming off of an injury. He's going to go first round. You had what guy from Arkansas. There was one guy, was Austin, I believe, from Memphis. Uh, same college that Gibson came from. And uh, it seems like he could be, he could be, um, a nice little weapon, weapon for somebody. Like I said, this, 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 um, this will be very interesting to see where these receivers go. A lot, like I said, a lot of talent in this year's, this year's class. Like I said, it'll be interesting to see where these guys now. You take the first, I, you, you don't see Jackson is not going to take one overall one. 
top three guys are not going, going to take, you know, I don't see the Jets really spending a pick. So you start going down the list and down the list. Now, to be honest with you, you never know. What about the Washington? Washington. Well, I know they need a quarterback, but what if they get Jimmy Garoppolo and say, screw the, screw the young quarterback. I can use another receiver to put with McLean. That possibly sits there. Philadelphia, I know Philadelphia's been drafting receivers. It seems like forever. The Saints, well, I'm not going to argue the Saints do need a receiver. I'm not going to argue that point right then here with you. But there's a lot of, you know, but there's teams up there and, and all that speed in the draft. I'm sure, I'm sure that there, who knows, there could be five, six receivers, you know, in the first round. Who knows? But again, this, this year's receiving class is certainly one of the better ones. And it should be, it should be very, very interesting to see where they go. Now, before we go, there's one team bit information we'll throw in there. It seems like the New York Giants are interest, are going to keep Barkley around. Now, talk about they're talking about getting on the cap as well. They're trying to cut cut some payroll. They've done that with um, Kyle Rudolph is gone. They cut him. Um, James Rayberry, the uh, cornerback they got a couple of years ago from uh, they pulled prior him away from the uh, Panthers. They signed him as a free agent. Now, it seems like Braybury's on the market. Braybury definitely has a market. Cornerbacks, quality cornerbacks are hard to come by in this league. And I am sure that somebody could very well call the Giants and make a trade, make a trade for him. So right now, it seems like Barkley is going to stay put. He's not going anywhere. Um, the word on the street is Barkley did not have really that much. I can say he did not have a lot of people not the... A lot of teams were not just not interested in Barkley. I know Barkley's only 25 years old, but he's been he's been injured on the last couple of years. And when you and to be honest with you, when you get in this league and you've got a reputation of being injured prone, and that's always been my philosophy when it comes to playing fantasy football. If I'm gonna take a chance on an injured prone player, I'm not gonna give you a lot because I'm taking because if I give you something. I'm taking a chance. That's why I don't give people a lot for an injury-prone player in fantasy football. The simple fact is, I know, because knowing my luck, he'll probably get hurt for me again. And I think that's why a lot of NFL teams do not do that. They've been the same philosophy that I have, is you don't take a chance. You're going to give up on somebody. You're going to give him. It's going to be like a late-round pick on a guy that's been injured on the last two years. Now, certainly the talent, and certainly the talent is... Second to none with Barkley, but the problem is he can't stand on the field, and that becomes a huge concern. And a lot of people say that's the reason why people don't pay a high price tag or give running backs long contracts because of stuff that happened to Barkley, stuff that's happened to Le'Veon Bill a couple years ago, stuff that happened to Christian McCaffrey. It's not that it's not, it's not that they're not talented running backs in the league, because they certainly are. But sometimes in this league, and I hate to say, a lot of people say running backs are a dime and a dozen. You can always find one somewhere. Who knows? Like you can find them in the draft. And there are some quality running backs in this draft this year. We'll see how it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time for this week's episode. Uh, 
Thank you for joining, and I'll see you again soon.